You are now listening to Home Care On Air, brought to you by Care Academy. Strap in as we dive headfirst into the future of home care and the issues, challenges, and opportunities facing home care operators in a post-pandemic world. Welcome. My name is Aaron Dunn, SVP of Marketing for Care Academy, the industry's leading provider of care enablement solutions designed to manage your agency's training and compliance requirements. In today's edition, we are talking with Care Academy's new SVP of Operations, Robin Lunsford. Robin most recently served as the SVP of Growth and Engagement at IntelliCare, a staffing and scheduling solution for per diem clinical support in the post-acute care space. Prior to IntelliCare, She spent 10 years helping to build and scale Care.com, a marketplace that connects families with caregivers in the child care and senior care space. There, she held a variety of roles, the most recent being the head of global operations and consumer insights. As we welcome Robin to the team, we are excited to get to know her and hear her perspective on the home care industry and what opportunities lie ahead. Welcome to the podcast, Robin. We're really excited to have you with us today. Um, we'd love to hear a little bit more about you. Tell us about your journey. What do you do for fun? What's your favorite ice cream flavor? And you know, maybe one thing that's not on your resume. Yeah, thanks so much, Aaron. I'm super excited to be here. Um, a little about me. I mean, I never really envisioned ending up where I've ended up. I think people probably could continue to ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would say, I'm not quite sure yet. Um, I am from Maine. I'm a tried and true Mainer and went to undergrad in Maine, really thought that my path would lead me to becoming an environmental lawyer. And um, I realized pretty quickly that that wasn't really my path and that business ended up being much more of a passion for me, primarily in the mission-driven space. And so, you know, I've kind of just followed my heart and found some really great opportunities along the way. And you know, now I've ended up at Care Academy, which is super exciting. What do I do for fun? I am the proud mother of two rescue dogs. And so I spend a lot of time with them. I spend a lot of time hiking in the fells. I live in Massachusetts. So we have a really incredible conservation area where I can take them and and enjoy little adventures. I am also a bit of a foodie. So I love eating and trying new things. And to that effect, my favorite ice cream flavor is black raspberry, which is something I have a feeling only Mainers really like. Is that like the ice cream of Maine? It is the official ice cream of Maine, I think. I introduced my husband to it um, early on. He is a Southern boy. And although he appreciated my love for it, he did not necessarily appreciate the flavor. So, yeah, I, I can, I can understand that. I'm not a big fan of uh, black raspberry either. I'm sorry to say, and uh, hopefully I didn't offend others from Maine with that comment. <laughs> um, so uh, what, what, do you, what are your dog's names? Um, I have one dog whose name is Oscar. He is a golden retriever and chow mix. And he's our old man. He's about 13 years old, but still, you know, kicking it and enjoying life to the fullest. And then we also have a German wire hair pointer whose name is Wyatt. Um, I don't know if you know anything about that breed, but 
We did not when we rescued him. Apparently he is a full-bred hunting dog who requires about two and a half hours of exercise a day. So he is crazy and full of mayhem and makes our lives exciting on a daily basis. Wow. Sounds like fun. Two and a half hours a day. Yeah. Gets me out there though, right? For sure. So the most important question I'm going to ask you today, Robin, and I'm not sure if you're ready for this one because we, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one. There's, there's lots of opinions, but do you think that a hot dog is a sandwich? Aaron, my answer is an emphatic. No, a hot dog is a hot dog. A sandwich wow. is two pieces of bread, separate pieces of bread. I, I am very passionate about that answer. I can tell your passion comes through. <laughs> So let's, let's talk about your other passions. So what a great segue. Wow. I planned that. So you have uh, really worked in the care industry for quite a number of years, most recently in telecare. And before that, many years at care.com. What drew you to this industry and really what keeps you here? Yeah. I mean, I think on a really high level, I grew up in a family of teachers and nurses. And so I've always been really driven towards mission-oriented companies, knowing that what I'm doing on a daily basis is actually going to have a meaningful impact on other people's lives. And I think that's what really has helped me make decisions about my career path um, over the last decade or decade plus. On a more personal level, level, however, about 10 years ago, my mother actually moved in with my grandmother to provide care as a family caregiver and really enable her to age in place. She didn't want to go into a home. She felt very uncomfortable with that, but there were really no resources available for family caregivers at that time. And there was actually not a lot of information about domestic care workers and how they could potentially help. And so I remember the stress and frustration that it caused as our family just tried to piece together a plan to support both my mom and my grandmother during that time. And now, you know, fast forward seven years, and I was in a similar situation myself with my mother. She had a chronic condition. She needed 24-hour care. Um, She moved in with my husband and I, and I felt very grateful that I had experience in this space and access to high-quality direct care workers. But It was still really difficult for me to navigate. And I think the mission of Care Academy speaks very, very directly to my heart, as did the mission, you know, the mission of care.com and IntelliCare in terms of really supporting this space. But for me, Care Academy spoke to me on a different level. It's really about how we, you know, solve huge macro problems for people like me and you who have parents and grandparents who need that support. So, you know, that's, that's really what brought me here and what keeps me here and what keeps me going every day. Yeah, I can definitely appreciate that. You know, we talked to a lot of people who uh, the Mission of Care Academy really resonates with. Um, I think as uh, as things move forward, and I think as our individual parents age, um, this becomes front and center for all of us. How will you work internally and externally in service of our customers? Well, I think that there, there's a bunch of different things that has to happen, right? So there's been a noticeable shift from facility-based care to home-based care. People want to be able to age in place. This is something that was only exacerbated by COVID. And I think that this means that there is a need for not only problem solving on a technological perspective, but really advocacy in 
the the greater conversation around domestic care workers, around the importance of education and the importance of quality of care. And so internally, my role is to really ensure that we as an organization are operationally set up to support the needs of this industry, both from a direct care worker perspective, from an end care recipient perspective, and from a home care agency perspective. And so that probably entails a bunch of things, right? So really understanding the needs of each of those groups of people so that we can formulate and create solutions that will help them be successful in delivering the high quality of care that is deserved by you know, our parents and our grandparents. Yeah, it's really an accelerating time right now, for sure. As we think about this moment, though, and it's a lot of times, you know, people hear, you know, uh, that you run operations, people think about customer success and finance and HR, but you also um, are taking leadership uh, with our outcomes and our compliance team. Maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, how those two teams work in tandem, uh, you know, with the rest of the business, but also, again, in service of, uh, of delivering meaningful experiences for our customers. Sure. I mean, from an outcomes perspective, what's really, really important to us is understanding how we can support the direct care workers via education in order to drive higher quality results for the end care recipient. So how do we begin to think about measuring that? What are the important data points that we can kind of latch on to that will help us develop and scale our curriculum and understand what our baseline should be nationally for caregiver compliance perspective. I think that what that entails on a more tactical level is a lot of conversation, right? We have to start with talking to our agency partners on a regular basis, speaking directly with the caregivers and understanding their plight and their needs, talking with the families and the care recipients to understand what their expectations are and how things are actually going as they progress through their home care experience. So, you know, part of it is really just humanizing everything, right? Having real conversations with people and focusing on the problems that we need to solve for each of those different groups. And that's really what the compliance and outcomes teams are working towards together. I think the other piece from a compliance perspective that we're really focused on is a broader sense of education and thought leadership. How do we really think about advocacy in public policy to support direct care workers, to support professionalization of care, to support the families who are facing uncertain healthcare options because they don't really understand the landscape of home care. And so, you know, it's really thinking about how do we act as a voice for all of these different constituents to help them ultimately solve their problems and, you know, have a louder voice in how things are formed in this space. Yeah. And I really, you touched on the, you know, the caregiver and the direct care worker uh, opportunity. Um, and certainly there's a lot of things happening in Washington currently, um, you know, obviously with the Better Care, Better Jobs Act, and also with uh, Biden's proposal. Um, but it's really irrespective of what's happening in government. It's, it's, it's really hard to believe how fast the dynamic of care delivery is accelerating to the home. 
Helen talked about that in, in our very first podcast about home care moving to the home and how you know this is this is a trend that's been happening, but it's really accelerated over the last you know eighteen months. And you and your roles have actually had a front row seat in how this has evolved. Um, does what is happening today surprise you? Does it feel like the natural extension of, of, of what's been what you've seen to date? And where do we go from here? I don't think, and I think to your point, Aaron, I've been living this, you know, for a decade and really living in this space and watching this shift occur. I think the exacerbation caused by COVID certainly brought this to the forefront of a lot of other f- people's minds um, in the public sphere, which I think has just sped things up. It doesn't surprise me. What surprises me probably more than anything is that we've known about this problem, right? We've known that our population is aging. We've known that we have a deficit when it comes to skilled care providers to support this aging population. And we haven't really seen much movement from a public policy perspective until recently, right? So I think that's what surprises me the most. I feel as though the shift itself is natural. People want to be at home. As soon as those resources are available for folks to stay in their home as they age, I think a vast majority of folks are going to want to go that route, right? So that we've seen occurring for the last decade plus. I think what's important for us to remember is that this will likely only continue to happen And as it continues to happen, the scale of acuity that we're going to have to support in a home setting is going to widen. And so my, you know, my hope is that we've learned from the past that we can't really just wait and see when it comes to macro level problems like the one we're facing and really start as a, as a country, as an industry, start thinking and working together to solve for how we provide high quality of care across the entire spectrum of acuity in the home, because that's really where the industry is heading. And I think we are at a unique opportunity, both from a Care Academy perspective and as a healthcare industry perspective, to really start to shift our thinking and plan for the future. So as we go down this uh future road, if you will. Uh, any pitfalls do you think that we should be really focused in on and, 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 and try to avoid? I think the biggest one for me comes from past experience of scaling in this space. And, and it's a learning that you, you know, if you've never experienced before, you learn it and then you move forward. But it's, I think it's really important that we keep the needs of the d- domestic caregiver and the care recipient at the forefront of everything we do and every decision we make. It's easy to use technology to solve a problem, but you can't lose sight of who you're ultimately trying to help or forget that there are people on the other side of the technology product, right? So I think one thing that is extremely important to me and at constantly at the forefront of my mind is making sure to ask the question, how does this directly impact those we're trying to help? And I think if we do that, we as an organization and we as an industry will avoid some of the pitfalls that could happen when you rely too heavily on the idea of technology solving a problem that's as macro as the one we're we're up against. It's not an easy one. That is uh, that is very true. So you know, you were part of at Care.com a pretty impressive journey. You know, company going on a hyperscale um, growth curve. If we think about 
our agency partners, they're also trying to think about growth and how they can um, you know, achieve uh, their growth targets, whether or not it's at the hyperscale that, that, that Care.com achieved is, is sort of relevant. Everybody's trying to grow uh, their business. From your experience, though, are there things that growing companies of all kinds should be focused in on um, as they uh, as as they grow go on their growth journey? I know you mentioned you know keeping the you know the end customer uh, uh, and client uh, top of mind, but you know, maybe from a from a business and from an operations perspective, if you have any uh, insights or advice to share. Sure, I think from my perspective and and in my experience, there are probably three key things to keep in mind as you are scaling. The first and probably one of the most essential uh, from a business perspective is to remember that the work is never done because the landscape will continue to evolve. And the secret to this is just to understand and accept this as fact, be comfortable enough with change and agile enough as a business or an industry that you can continue to recognize and solve the most important problems. If you get stuck on what the problem of yesterday was, you'll never get to a point where you'll be at the forefront of solving the problem for tomorrow. So I think that's that's just very key. Always be willing to change, always be iterating, always be asking what if and why. And and that'll get you to the next level of scale where you have to start all over again and do that same process again. The second piece is just recognizing the importance of diversity in solving problems. And when I say that, I mean the diversity of thought, of experiences, of backgrounds that you bring into the room, you bring to the table. It's important because if you surround yourself with folks who look like you and sound like you and think like you, you will inevitably miss out on opportunities to do some pretty incredible things for the larger population. Our population that we are trying to solve for includes people of every different background, every different culture. We're dealing with a population of folks who have had very different experiences in their lives as they've grown up and they're now needing care and needing people to understand those experiences. And so it's really, really important that as we try to solve the problems for both the direct care workers and our, um, you know, and the folks who are receiving the care that we keep diversity of thought at in mind because we need to be able to solve for and support all of these different folks. From a personal perspective and a business perspective, it's really, really important to focus on the people who are surrounding you and helping you to solve these problems. As an employer, as a team member, making sure that you build teams that are respectful of one another, that are confident and comfortable enough to feel like they have a trusting space to air their concerns and share feedback and present ideas is extremely important. Um, So when I think about you know our current company, you know, our current situation at, at Care Academy, I feel very fortunate that we have such a transparent culture that values every single voice in the room. It doesn't matter what your title is, it doesn't matter, you know, what your experience is. What matters is that you have an opinion, you have data that you want to share, and you have recommendations that ultimately are going to add to the flavor and the color of the product or the problem that we're trying to solve. And so remembering that the people that you surround yourself from a business perspective are extremely important in being successful and taking care of them and supporting them on that level is 
you know, really a key to success from a business perspective and a scalability perspective. You know, it's interesting. Um, you gave us three things that the work has never done to think about the diversity of thought and the thought partners that you're working with and also how to build respectful teams and value every voice. None of those said anything about technology or model building or how you leverage other outside systems to support, you know, different audit processes and things like that, or even building processes. And I think that's super insightful. Uh, and I appreciate the fact that you, you you shared it with us today. And I think that's something that all of our listeners can can take forward into their own businesses. We get very wrapped up in automating processes and thinking about like, okay, how do we build this feature into the product, um, you know, et cetera. But uh, sometimes it's actually, it's a little bit more about, um, you know, how you work with each other that uh, can really create that, that extreme growth and that hyperscale. So thank you for sharing that. As we start to draw to a close, I really want to thank you for joining us today, Robin. It was uh, great to get your insights, and um, you know, and I, and I appreciate uh, you taking the time. Any last words uh, for the audience that you'd like to share? I just wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me, Aaron. Um, I'm extremely excited to be part of the Care Academy family, and I am looking forward to helping to solve some of these very, very important challenges in the home care industry. Onward and upward. Onward and upward indeed. And thank you also for sharing your very emphatic take on whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich. Um, this is a debate that will surely rage on forever and ever. And um, I, I definitely smell a cookout in our, in, our, in our near future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today, Robin. We appreciated your insights and we look forward to all that you will achieve here at Care Academy. And that closes today's podcast. Thank you to our guests and thank you to you, our listeners. Please visit www.careacademy.com to learn more. Be sure to subscribe for future updates wherever you get your podcasts. And five-star reviews are always appreciated. 